welcome to Music Talks, where we embark on musical journeys that transcend time, delving into the stories that have shaped civilizations. I'm Huang Rei. Have you folks ever wondered how stones can create music? Well, that's what a certain type of stone chime can do. At the opening ceremony of Chengdu Fisu World University Games, the sound created by a piece of stone chime known as Sachin kicked off a series of cultural performances. This oldest known chin with two pieces of chord patterns dates back more than 3,000 years ago to the Shang and Zhou dynasties. Even now, when struck, it makes a melodious sound as you just heard. The qin is one of the oldest percussion instruments in China. Xiao Xiaojie, a researcher at the Chinese National Academy of Arts, explains that numerous early stone chimes have been discovered through archaeological findings, dating back to the Neolithic period, about 4,000 years ago. They share some common characteristics. Firstly, they're individual pieces, known as special chimes. Secondly, they're large in size. Thirdly, their shapes are non-uniform and irregular. Fourthly, they're mostly crafted rather than polished, with variations in drilling techniques such as single-sided or double-sided drilling. Some early stone chimes have a distinct front and back, with the striking surface being the front. Fifthly, the striking points are relatively fixed. And this is the sound of the early stone chimes. If you look at the Chinese character, the character of Qin is composed of a stone and a chime, which give us a clue to what the chime is made of. And the character of bian means to group or to arrange. Thus, the bian qin is a set of qings. The L-shaped stone pieces were hung in a wooden frame and struck with a mallet. To get more familiar with the sound of a qin, let's enjoy a traditional folk song, Jasmine Flower, played by the instrument. Usually, the chimes can be made of many materials, including marble, nephrite, and jade, which makes the sound of the chimes clear and penetrating. 
and the ancestors regarded the musical sound produced by the chimes as a way for them to communicate with the heavens, the earth, and the divine. Therefore, the Bianqing was widely used for majestic sacrificial activities. You may be wondering, what's the difference between Bianqing and Bianzhong? Well, along with the Bianzhong, which is a set of bronze bells, they both played an important part in China's ritual and court music. The bells in a Bianzhong or stone chimes in a Bianqing are arranged by size on the frame. When struck by a mallet, the different sized items can generate different notes. The timbre of the Bianzhong, however, is loud and prominent, while that of the Bianqing is more clear and delicate. Let's now appreciate an ensemble of the two instruments playing Zhu Zhizi, or the Bamboo Branch Song. Three thousand six hundred years ago, during the Shang Dynasty, the production of stone chimes became more refined and polished. In the early Shang period, there were plain, while in the later Shang period, chimes with decorative patterns emerged. Xiao Xiaojie says these patterns often featured engraved animal motifs and shared stylistic similarities with the decorative patterns on Shang and Zhou Brown's artifacts, carrying symbolic significance. The decoration on the chimes, combined with the musical sound, has achieved a harmonious integration of sound and form, and created a mysterious and solemn atmosphere. This reflected the owner's social class and status, playing a significant role in ritual activities. The tiger pattern stone chime, finely crafted with exquisite decorations, served as a practical instrument. The tiger motif, combined with the metallic sound, brought about a high degree of unity between auditory and visual experiences. Let's hear the sound that comes from the tiger patterned stone chime. 
years later, when it came to the Zhou Dynasty, the shape of chimes gradually became more uniform. The introduction of the compiled chime bianqin marked the beginning of chimes being able to produce a wider range of musical notes. During this time, lords paid increasingly less respect to the nominal king, and they engaged in warfare against each other and competed for higher status and prestige. The stone chimes have developed more standardized forms and a proliferation of compiled chimes. Among them, the Zheng Houyi compiled chime stands out as a paragon. Zheng Houyi, or Marcus Yi of the Zheng State, was active in the early Warring States period of the Zhou Dynasty. The Bianqing was discovered in his enormous tomb. It consists of 32 stone chimes, 32 hooks, and two mallets. The inscription on the chime comprises 708 characters, sharing similarities with the inscriptions on bells, documenting numbering, pitch notation, and the relationship between music and rhythm. Despite the turbulence of this era, the luxurious furnishings from the Marxist tomb with its overt display of wealth and power clearly reflect his ambition. The number of bronzes from his tomb is unmatched by any other burials. He was also entombed with a number of ritual bronze vessels normally reserved for the Zhou kings, which further suggests the Marxist interest in attaining a more prominent status. Shao Xiaojie further explains. The Book of Songs describes chimes extensively. The empire of the Zhou dynasty, in formulating rites and music, strictly regulated the scale of song, music, and dance. Only high-ranking nobles could use the musical instrument made of precious metals and stones. If the configuration used exceeded one's rank, it was considered presumptuous. An example was when Confucius heard that Ji Sun, a high-ranking official of the state of Lu, performed the eight dances in the courtyard, which should have been performed for a higher power. He commented, if this can be endured, what cannot be endured? This story records the instant of the Lu state official presumptuously using the royal dance configuration. From Shao Xiaojie's introduction, you may get the idea how the Bianqing, along with other musical instruments, played the significant role in the Chinese ritual and musical system a social system that originated in the Zhou dynasty to maintain the social order. Together with the patriarchal system, it had a great influence on the politics, culture, art, and thought of later generations. Xiao Shao music, or Xiao Yue, a kind of ancient music, was regarded as the purest and most inspiring of all by the highly respected Chinese philosopher Confucius. It best represents the idea of the Chinese ritual and court music. Confucius first heard Xiao Shao music 
when he fled to the state of Qi at the age of 35 to escape the turmoil that reigned in his home state. It's said that he was so entranced by the performance that he understood for the first time its power to inspire and civilize people. And it is said that for three months he didn't know the taste of meat because he was so immersed in the music. He said, I never imagined that music could reach such heights. Today, across China, there are a number of institutions and groups dedicated to the research of ritual and music, as well as the performance of ancient music. For example, the Confucius Museum in Chufu, Shandong Province in the east of China, has presented performances of ancient Shao Shao music. Here's a poem called Guanju from the Book of Songs, the earliest anthology of poetry in China. It is about finding a good and fair maiden as a match for a young noble. It appears to be a simple love song, but is closely associated with the marital morality, values, attitudes toward romance and marriage, emphasized and propagated in Confucian society. Now, let's enjoy a segment of the music. Confucius didn't just love music for its aesthetic beauty. He also saw it as the ultimate embodiment of cultural sophistication and civilization. Music, for him, was more likely to soften the soul, raise the harmony between thought and action, as well as closely related with morals. And the Bianchin contributed much to the harmonious melody. The Grand Ceremony of the Worship of Confucius is an annual ceremony where traditional rites are practiced to commemorate the great philosopher. Kongling Kai, the inheritor of this intangible cultural heritage, further explains the philosophy. Qing is 
The qing is used as a relatively elegant musical instrument for ceremonial activities such as temple sacrifices and feasts. Confucius attached importance to the role of elegant music, saying when the sound of the stone chimes is heard, thoughts turn to the ministers who guarded the frontiers. That is, the music of the stone chimes evokes a sense of mourning and commemoration. Confucius felt that this kind of xiao yue could inspire people's admiration for war or great character, and he believed that this xiao yue allowed people to deeply appreciate the profoundness of Zhou rituals. Therefore, in the Confucian temple today, this kind of celebratory music formed by Bian Qing and Bian Zhong is used to worship Confucius, expressing admiration for his greatness and our reverence for him. People may ask, what does ritual and court music have to do with modern China? Xiao Xiaojie explains that ritual is the origins of the Chinese culture. To trace back to the roots and to understand what the essence of Chinese culture truly is helps us to better understand ourselves. This has significant meaning for people's lives, work, artistic creation, and appreciation. With that, we come to the end of today's show. Let's wrap up with another ensemble piece of the Bian Qin, together with the Bian Zhong Bells, Colorful Clouds Chasing the Moon, performed by the Bian Zhong Orchestra of Hubei Provincial Museum. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Fang Rei. The evolution of Chinese musical instruments reveals a rich cultural tapestry that continues to captivate us. Stay tuned for more fascinating insights into ancient Chinese music 
in future episodes of Music Talks. Until next time, goodbye.